You're listening to Confidently She, a lifestyle and mindset podcast for women of faith, hosted by copywriter and body confidence coach, Rebecca Biggie. Get ready to question the beliefs that are making you question your self-worth and become Confidently She. So much of our confidence comes from how we were raised. And unfortunately, not everyone was raised by parents who were confident in themselves um, or parents who had their their children's best interest at heart. And this poses a difficult challenge for the concept of seeing God as a father. A lot of women talk about having daddy issues, and I think that it's almost like cliche at this point to, to call them that, but it's really, that, that, that's what it is, right? Like, people have issues with the, their father, whether maybe their father wasn't around, Maybe their dad took off and they just, they see fathers as people who aren't reliable, people who are never there, people who are distant. Or maybe your dad worked all the time and never made any time for your family and so you just see a father figure as some like cold person who provides for you but doesn't really spend time with you, doesn't really prioritize a relationship with you. Or, I mean, there, there are a thousand different ways that the relationship you have with your father could be damaged in some way because every father on the planet is a human, flawed father. They are not the perfect, faithful, good father that our heavenly father is. So in order for you to really feel confident in what, what he says of you, maybe sometimes this is the reason why it's difficult to believe what God says is true. Because maybe your father wasn't a trust, trustworthy guy. And so when you think of God as a father, you're like, I don't know, man, like maybe, maybe he's just saying that. Or maybe this is true for other people, but it's not true for me. And the behavior that we see our fathers and our parents growing up, that is how we associate the way that we think about God when it comes to this uh, analogy. And I love how I love how the Bible uses different analogies to try to explain the relationship and the love that God has for us and how that works. And so if if the father analogy, if the father example is difficult for you, look to what makes a good father. And not necessarily by worldly standards, but by biblical standards, what makes a good father? What is a trustworthy person? What is a faithful person look like? And what are examples of that in the Bible? And then just just rewrite, take some time to rewrite what a good perfect father would look like. And maybe write down the ways that your father wasn't that or the ways that your father was that. If you can't find a lot of examples of how your father is is an example of 
how God loves us or, or how the Bible says that a father loves his children, you can find examples in other people. So you can kind of like pick, pick this like hybrid dad father figure and remind yourself when you start to doubt or you start to think that God isn't going to show up for you or you start to think that what he says of you isn't true or that if you if you come to him with your with your worries and with your sin and with your your stuff that he is going to forgive you he's so think of just think of like a good parent whose kid broke the rules Okay, a good parent isn't going to freak out and yell at the kid and and harshly punish them and and whatever. Like they're going to show mercy. He's merciful. And he says all that we have to do in order to be forgiven is to just tell him. It's like it's like your parents when they know that you broke something and they see you struggling with admitting what you did. They know that you did it and they're not mad. They just want you to trust them enough with the truth. They want you to have that relationship with them. That's how God is towards us. He knows what we did, okay? Like he already knows. It's not like you're going to tell him something that he doesn't already know, okay? Nothing you say or do is going to surprise God. But he wants you to feel comfortable enough bringing that to him and saying, this is how I screwed up and, and I'm raising my hand. I need help right now. I need you to help me. And he wants to help you. He wants to come through for you. He wants to teach you things and bless you in ways that maybe you don't understand right away or maybe don't look like blessings at first. But like a good father, he also is going to punish you in a way that teaches you things. I love in Matthew when Jesus says, this is Matthew 7, uh, 11. He says, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So he's basically saying, you guys as humans are able to figure out what your kids need. You're able to give gifts that your your that are going to help your kids, help your children. So if you can do it, just think how God is going to be able to do that. Just think of how what level of execution God is using when he gives you things and when he blesses your life. Another part of being a good father is God does not show favoritism. You can't earn being loved by God more than other people. And you can't screw it up. Like, humans cannot love unconditionally. We are incapable of loving the way that God does. And in Romans 2, Romans 2.11, it says, For God does not show favoritism. There we go. Case closed. Like, that's another example of how... God is a good, faithful father who is not going to, who's not going to like love one of his kids more than another. Now, he might bless one of his children more than another because that child is being obedient, because that child is following in the ways that he's telling him to, but it doesn't mean he loves them more or less than someone else. 
a good father is going to discipline their children, right? Like you see that on earth all the time where like kids are running crazy and it's because their parents are too afraid to discipline them. And so it, it says in Hebrews, Hebrews twelve seven, endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as sons for what son is not disciplined by his father. If you are not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are illegitimate children and not true sons. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the father of our spirits and live? Our fathers disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good, that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. I love this part. I love this part so much. I'm going to read it again. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. And I think that's the important part of it is is that last piece. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. You can be punished and not learn your lesson, right? And that's not what this is saying. This is saying if you are trained by that hardship, if you are letting that hardship as discipline train you to to follow your father and to trust that what he has planned is good for you and that his, his rules are there to protect you and that he loves you, you will produce a harvest of righteousness and peace from that discipline and hardship. So again, that's that's something that a good father does. And we just need to start trusting that our heavenly father is the perfect version that no earthly father can ever be. Maybe you have a wonderful earthly father. My my dad, the more I learn about the Bible and the more I grow closer in my relationship with God. The more I've I've told my dad, like, hey, I I see so much of God's character in the way you parented us, and I'm very thankful for that. There were times that I hated it, and that that some of his rules that I just thought were so stupid, but I never doubted that he loved me because he always was able to separate the actions that I did from who I was as a person. He never said things like, you are bad and you, you are this and and that. It it was really like, you made a mistake. I, I love you. I want what's best for you, but this is the consequence of those actions. And I want you to learn from this because the rules that I have are not set up to ruin your fun. Like the rules that God has for us are not set up to ruin our fun. That's not what a good father does. A good father doesn't create rules that limit the enjoyment of his kids. He doesn't exasp. Oh, what's the um, Colossians 3, 21. Fathers, do not embitter your children or they will become discouraged. Depending on your relationship with your dad, you know, you, 
we need to realize and, and forgive our fathers for not being perfect. You can't hold them to a standard of perfection because everyone is just a person trying to figure it out. And when your parents were raising you, they they were imperfect and they weren't they didn't do it perfectly, okay? Because no one does and no one can. And you can forgive someone and move on without having them in their in your life, depending on how how hurtful and painful that situation is. Like you don't have to have your earthly parents very close to you in your life. You just you don't. There's no rule that says that. The Bible does not say children, you must be friends with your parents throughout your life. Like, you need to invite them to Christmas dinner. Like, that's not what it says. It says children obey your parents, but that's until you're an adult. It says honor your father and mother, but, you know, you can be honoring of them without just doing everything they say or without letting them, uh, letting their poor behavior negatively impact your life. That's not so so much of what we're taught in the Bible. There's, you need to have a level of discernment about it. You don't, that doesn't mean that you just forgive everyone and let them into your life. Forgiveness does not equal relationship. Forgiveness is a you thing. It's not even about them. Forgiveness is about you letting go of any bitterness and resentment and pain and that you have towards this person about the situation. That's forgiveness. Not harboring that pain in your heart anymore and trusting God is going to use whatever is happening in your life for your good. So that's what forgiveness is about. And honoring your parents is is not doing exactly what they want you to do with your life. It's not giving into the guilt trip of of this or that it's it's not doing exactly what they say all the time it's just it's showing them respect but you can respectfully disagree you can respectfully remove someone from your life if that's the place that you feel like you need to be at and i just think that we use the excuse of forgiveness and grace to to excuse a lot of really bad behavior in other people. And that's not, that's not what God wants us to do. He does not want us to be in close relationship with people who hurt us. That, that's, that's not what he wants. Especially when it comes to the examples that your father set of behavior towards women. That might be something that needs to be healed. And that might be something that needs to just be separated and acknowledged, forgiven, um, disproved, and, and replaced with how God sees you, how God values women. Because if your dad if you if you grew up hearing your dad say critical things about your mom or maybe your parents got divorced and your dad married someone else or or you know whatever the situation is you're going to hold on to that and and have those kind of beliefs in the back of your mind so the way to work through them is 
one of one of two ways if you've if you're already aware of exactly what it is and what you need to work through rather than trying to fix the problem trying to trying to erase the the belief you don't want focus on adding in good things focus on adding truth because once you are surrounded by truth there's very little room for the lies i read in a book the way to spot fake currency is not by studying all the different ways that people can make a forgery. It's by spending a lot of time with the real thing. So there's a story of someone who started working at a bank and the way that they were taught to identify fake money is by spending hours every day in the vault with the real stuff. And then this fake was so easy to spot because they knew exactly what was real. That's what we need to start doing with our own thoughts, with our beliefs about who we are. We need to get that truth from God and surround ourselves with so much truth every single day that when these lies come at us, we're like, what is this? This is totally a fake dollar bill. Like It's, it's like ridiculous how obvious it is that this isn't true. But if you're not spending time in the word, if you're not being diligent about having those reminders in your face every day of who you are, who God says you are, then you're setting yourself up to to be deceived. And it's easy to be deceived because because Satan plays into our, our insecurities. There are two forces at work here. It's not just God trying to love us. It's also Satan trying to convince us that God doesn't love us because Satan hates us and wants us to be miserable and die. Like, that's just the reality of the situation. And surrounding yourself with the truth is the best way to spot lies easily rather than trying to combat the lies all the time. Just focus on what's true. So... If you go to my website and download the Faith Over Fear flashcards, you also get a, like in the email follow-ups, you will get a link to download like other truths, like quotes, confidence quote cards that I have printed out and put all over the place. I have one in my car. I have one on my bathroom mirror. I have one in my mirror in my room. I have one on my fridge. I have one like everywhere. Um, different truths from scripture that says who you are. I, I am a temple of the whole, my body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Those who fear him lack nothing. The king is enthralled by my beauty. He makes my way perfect. Um, what else? There's so many. I, I have a few themed around like courage and strength, a few around beauty. Uh, and, and, and they're really pretty too. Like they're in this like scripty font and, and whatever. And so like that's just one simple thing. It's free. You can go to my website and download it, sign up for that and, and have this stuff in your face because you will have the lies in your face. And maybe some of those lies are coming from your earthly father. But just remember, every earthly father is flawed but your heavenly father is perfect. And if this is a big struggle for you, spend time in scripture finding what it says about God's character and how he is a faithful father. It also uses the analogy of a shepherd 
and sheep, right? So if you if it's hard for you to think about the father analogy, think about a shepherd. He's guiding the sheep along. They trust him. He cares for them. He provides for them. The sheep don't worry about where they're going to eat, what they're going to where they're going to sleep, what they're going to eat. Sorry. <laughs> what they're going to eat, where they're going to sleep. They just kind of go along trusting. That's what we're supposed to do. When a sheep runs off, God, the shepherd goes and gets him. That's what God does with me. That's what God did with you. He's doing it right now. So there are other analogies in the Bible that can help build up what this perfect heavenly father figure is supposed to be and, and who he really is as that perfect father. If your earthly father and the relationship you have with with him is damaged or not a good example of how the heavenly father treats his kids. Just like an example, um, when I was moving after I broke off the engagement... I was moving and I had a ton of expenses and then my car broke down and I, I just ha- I was just like so out of money and I had credit card debt and I was just I was just like I went from having no debt and a bunch of savings to literally um, thousands of dollars on my credit card and no money. And one day I just I just called my dad and i was just crying and i was like dad i i feel like a failure um but i don't have any money and in fact i'm in debt and i don't know how it happened i had to pay rent for a few months before i started working and i had to get furniture and i had to move and all this stuff like just random expenses and i just feel like i'm underwater and i can't i can't do it and he just gave such a perfect loving example of 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 a father he he said how much do you need I can transfer you money right now just we'll figure out a plan to for you to pay me back over the next few years but don't worry about it this isn't an issue now he didn't he didn't just give me this money he didn't just buy me a new car he he could have but I think that isn't teaching me anything, right? Like he he helped, but then he gave, we, you know, we set up a plan for me to pay him back. So that is, is kind of like the discipline part of it where it's like you need to feel consequences for what happened, but I'm going to, I'm going to help you out. I'm going to rescue you here. And this is more of an example to talk about and think about things that happen in your life, not in regard to your salvation, right? Like, that's not how, that's, no, my, my dad didn't say, I will start loving you again once you pay me back. <laughs> you know, he, he said, no, I love you. This is what I, I can do. And, and we'll figure out this plan of, of how you can pay me back. But like, I love you either way right? It's not like he's like, oh, you're a total failure and I'll pay this for you once, but until you pay me back, I'm not talking to you. You need to like earn, you need to pay me back before we can talk again. You need to pay me back and make up for what you did before, before I can start loving you again. Like that's not, 
what happened. And that's not how God operates either. God loves us no matter what. Yes, he's going to help us out. Yes, he's going to rescue us. But there's still going to be some consequences because he's a good father. He wants to teach us things. And I'm learning a valuable lesson through the way that my dad handled that situation. Um, He showed me grace. He helped me out in a way that I just could not possibly get out of that situation on my own. And all I had to do was ask. All I had to do was bring that to him. And I put it off for a long time because of my pride, because I wanted to be able to do it on my own. And I was just like, you know what? Why am I fighting this? Like, I need help. And I'm going to go to my father and just like tell him what's going on. That's what God wants us to do. And he is ready to help. He's happy to help. He's not going to love you any less because you need help. He wants to help you. He's your father. He wants to be there for you. So learn about the character of God as a father. Forgive your earthly father for not being perfect because no one is. And remember that forgiveness does not equal relationship. Just because you can stop harboring that bitterness or disappointment or or whatever you have going on, whatever feelings you have about your father, if you can clear those away and forgive and move on, that is what you are called to do as a Christian. You are not called to continue to let them in your life if it's going to be a negative, negative impact. Negative impact.